This is the Average Guy Network, and you have found Home Gadget Geeks, show number 424, even though last week I said it was 422. That wasn't really true. Recorded on November 21st, 2019. Here on Home Gadget Geeks, we cover all the favorite tech gadgets that find their way news reviews, product updates, and conversation, all for The Average Tech Guy. I'm your host, Jim Collison, broadcasting live from the AverageGuy.tv studios here in a beautiful Bellevue, Bellevue, Nebraska. Mike, my favorite time of the year. We got a little rain last night. I think all the leaves are finally down. You can do that like final Saturday leaf cleanup. Last call for the yard waste collection, I think, is this weekend for us. Pretty nice here, right? Well, yeah, and this weekend is the last weekend. It's closing weekend for uh, rifle season for deer in Nebraska. Mm. So you get one week heading down to the farm this weekend. It's actually supposed to be gorgeous. I usually have to be bundled up, and it's freezing cold. I think it's supposed to be like 48 degrees on Saturday, same Sunday. So, it's it's, yeah, it's going to be perfect weather, and everything's down on the ground, which is nice. Dwayne, how's things in your neck of the wood? Uh, It's uh, getting colder. We went from, like, warm to cold. Like it dropped forty degrees on uh, Halloween in one, mm-hmm. in like three hours, yeah. And so I went from being happy and wanting to scare children to uh, shivering on my front porch. It was it got extra chilly up here. We have kind of turned it. It's fall. It's great. This is my favorite time of the year. I was glad. I was everybody. I think was worried when this cold snap came through that like winter had started early and it was never going to get warm again until like April. And I I. We were 60 yesterday. So, yeah. uh, of course, we will post a show with world-class show notes out at TheAverageGuy.tv. Don't forget, and we want to thank our Patreon subscribers. Don't forget, you can download the mobile app. And really, the best way to listen on the road, HomeGadgetGeeks.com. It's free. Android, iPhone, download it if you're on the road or you're traveling or you can only stream. Uh, get the app. Have it on your phone. Just have it ready just in case on a Thursday night you're out and uh, you can't get connected to the show. It's tough to find this thing streaming without the app. So get it download, have it ready. HomeGadgetGeeks.com. Join us on Discord, TheAverageGuy.tv slash Discord. On Facebook, TheAverageGuy.tv slash Facebook. want to thank Randy Cantrell. This week, I got a short little um, interview on Leaning Toward Wisdom. If you go out to LeaningTowardWisdom.com right now, it'll be the top poster. It's post 5046. Um, Randy is doing a kind of a... Um, Oh, doing an exercise in gratitude, and we got an opportunity to talk a little bit about that. It's the it's at the end of fifty forty six. So if you want to hear that, I'd encourage you to. It's not tech related. It's a little bit about a couple experiences that I've been very thankful for. Of course, it's Thanksgiving coming up here in the United States, and so there might be some things you're thankful for as well. And I, I talk about that there. So again, leaning toward wisdom dot com and check out episode fifty forty six. Also, if you go to the TheAverageGuy.tv right now, uh, or and maybe this is two years from now, search for seven tips for easy international travel. I want to thank Jim Shoemaker, who sent that. He's a longtime listener and been a home server show, home gadget geek supporter for a long time. Jim uh, has done a lot of traveling. We're going to talk a little bit about that tonight. Dwayne's got some travel tips as well. You guys know I'm going to London, and so it's been kind Ooh. of a travel fest a little bit. We've been talking about it, but Jim put together some experiences around flight, how to handle flights and electronic entertainment and money and packing and photos and data and power. And we're going to talk about some of those tonight. Post it out there at theaverageguy.tv. There'll be a link in the show notes as well, Jim. Thanks for sending that. It's actually an excerpt 
of a bigger post that I'll, I'm going to post, I don't know, a couple, maybe when I get back from London and take a look at it, Jim, I appreciate you doing that. If you have something you want to post, but you maybe don't want to write it, um, send me some notes, send me something and uh, we'll work on it. Uh, Jim at the average guy.tv and maybe we can get a post up for you. That kind of stuff. Super helpful. And don't forget, we don't just post the podcast there. There are articles there from time to time as well. I introduced him a little bit earlier. Dwayne Robinson is back with us and Dwayne, I think your eighth appearance here. I, on, you, 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 I think you're currently the record holder at this I, point at 10, you get a t-shirt by the way. Uh, oh, really? Just saying, I think this is eight. Well, I, I Hey, look, we're keeping it alive. You guys remember what we talked about last time? We broke it last time, but then we, oh, we yeah. brought it back. The, so it's only in podcasts that end in four. <laughs> and, you know, and, I, and I didn't even plan that this time either. It just, I contacted you and said, hey, can you come? And you checked it some dates and we did, had no, I had no idea. Um, but so good. So the, the streak, well, sort of, we, we were off I, one. We can't. Well, we're off. There were two. It was 266, 273, 294, 344, 354, 374, 394, 391, and 424. One there of you these go. things. One of these things is not like the other. Mike, how did you let me get 391 in there and not? It should not, have been 394, man. It should have been. It, it, should, let's blame it on Mike. He's the, he's the podcast lawyer. That's the one that's on me. You know. <laughs> okay. I'm not going to okay. proofreading. <laughs> As my boss, we are. I give you one job. Complain. Uh, yeah. I give you one right? job. <laughs> Failed. Well, Dwayne, okay. how, how you been? Things good? Busy, busy, yeah. busy, busy. Yeah, you've been, you've been traveling all over for sure. What, yeah. uh, give me, give me one quick travel highlight. Like in the last, let's see, last time we saw you 391. So that was 25 shows ago. So it was a while. What, give me yeah. one highlight, like what, what's been something cool. It doesn't have to be work related, but in, in your travels, what's been one cool thing you've seen? Well, I, I guess we were talking earlier, you mm -hmm. know, this was my second Oktoberfest in a row in Munich, which is yeah. pretty awesome. And then I, I think going, when I went to Shanghai, China and got to stay in the West in there, um, I know this is going to sound funny, but the toilet, <laughs> they had one of those like crazy, like, Super, super automated, like yeah. with a remote control toilet thing that you would walk in in the middle of the night with a nightlight and it would automatically open. And it, it was the craziest thing. I, I really and, and that room had like walls that you would hit a button and they would go transparent and stuff. Um, wow. And so this was that was really cool. Yeah, it, it's really, really neat. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't think I necessarily want to go back but <laughs> the hotel room was amazing hotel room was amazing china's a little bit of a struggle right now I've, i'm hearing that from a lot of americans and such coming in and out of there so um yeah. but there's some some cool technology in that oktoberfest would be an awesome experience i never in the two octobers was i there for two i think i was there in germany for two octobers i never made it down there for an oktoberfest and i really so wish i had so here's an interesting tidbit. Mm -hmm. Oktoberfest isn't typically a majority of it is not in October. Most of it's in September. Yeah, most of it's in yeah. September because yeah. they moved it forward to get better weather. Um, but hey, if you're going to London, you can get on a GWR train and head out and on that train, and it'll take you into Bath. And I did go go to Bath, which uh, Bath is like the Roman baths and stuff. Hmm. And all, and it has a, a really cool abbey and all there. It's a great little place to visit. My nice. my boss lives right down from that 
which I don't know, Jim, if the last time I was on the show, now I am a program manager for Microsoft. So I'm on a product now. Okay. So, so I, talk I'm, a little bit about that. Give me, give, give us a quick rundown on what you're currently doing for Microsoft, whatever you can tell us. Yeah. And, and the cool thing is uh, I just got back from Ignite. So now like Ignite, if you, if anybody wants to ever see me in person, uh, you can come out to one of the major Microsoft events. I generally am working those events now uh, over in the bot framework uh, area. So I own, um, basically I, the product that I work on is our white label virtual assistant. And what we basically did is we, a lot of people kept wanting to build their own Cortana or their own um, A word. Lady A, as we like to call her. Lady A in the back yeah. over here. Yeah. Um, and so, or <laughs> even your own, uh, you know, G assistant or whatever uh, <laughs> you want to say. But uh, the point is, is that if you want to build like some really unique experiences that are specific for different things, like if you were a company that had hotels, properties and you wanted to be able to say, hey, assistant, uh, I need new towels or I want to order room service or something like that, it, then you really aren't going to want to use a commodity assistant to do that. Or if you're in a BMW and you say, hey, BMW, for example, which is one of the things that is public that we've been working on, um, we basically build uh, a open source platform for you to go do that on top of bot framework and language understanding. And so you can do full natural language understanding. And I think the new cool things are, and I put links in the show notes uh, for this. If people are interested, you can go and you can download for, it's an open source, it's free. You can go get a hold of it and uh, in 20 minutes have your own uh, white label virtual assistant. Yep, that's actually, yeah, there you go, thanks. For, and then uh, the thing we showcased that went public preview at Ignite that everyone was really excited about. So imagine this is your white label virtual assistant. And we made like some skills for you so that you can get a hold of those. And those are open source as well. But then what we what we really started showcasing is the new tool called Bot Framework Composer. And Bot Framework Composer is a visual designer that builds the C-sharp code and everything for you. So you can build your own skills and your own dialogues. And the cool thing is if you build it on our, our stuff, uh, we have adapters that let you plug it into Lady A and oh. to Google Assistant or nice. into uh, Cortana or into Slack or into whatever. It's like, I think it's somewhere like uh, over 50 different places that you can plug these things into. And uh, even in our GitHub repository, I, uh, we built a um, an open source Android application that you can compile, put it on your phone, and then point it at your your implementation. And you can have your own assistant, and it can even take over as the default assistant on the device. I'm going to be adding keyword spotting so you can say "Hey, Jim" and talk to it. Mm -hmm. I bet the I think the freakiest thing that I got to see is we have this technology called neural TTS. You ever heard of this thing, mm -hmm. guys? Nope. So, so you can't get a hold of it um, per se um, to do your own voice font. Um, you can get a hold of it and use one of our existing voices, but we offer the ability to go to one of our recording studios and record um, your own what we call a voice font and it's scary because we've it's 
to a point where deep faking is really real. Like you yeah. record yourself and you do it and we can make you sound just like you're, you can't tell the difference. And the guy who owns it, owns that piece, his name's Heiko. Uh, and he's from, Ger- he's German from Germany historically, but has been in the U S for a very long time. So he's got a bit of a German accent and he went and did this and recorded this thing. And we had the white label assistant running on a, uh, like just a commodity speaker that looks a lot like the, the A word speakers. Mm-hmm. And, and he he was like, yo, Heiko. And, and it's, and he comes back and starts talking just like him. And it like <laughs> freaked me out. I think that's the, the one thing that really freaked me out when I went, uh, lately to anything. It, Cause it was scary that it sounded just like him. Yeah. I mean, and deep faking, right? Is what they call that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that where you, yeah. Yeah. And the reason they don't make it public is we were trying to be like you. It's a bit of an ethical thing. Yeah. yeah. You don't want to really ethical thing. Because we can record like we took uh, all the Master Chief voices that recordings that we could find on YouTube and we ran it through it and made a whole Master Chief voice font. And we took uh, some recordings of Sachin Adela and Alex Kipman and, and made ones and if you know either of them if you've ever heard them speak they have a very unique voice uh on either of them and it's scary it's like way too good um but it's, it's here though something cool, it's here it's there like, I, I, I yeah it's here go ahead mike i think there's gonna be a whole like i just think about how this affects my profession i think there's gonna have to be a whole other industry for like almost like evidence verification, right? Like e-discovery was a big new industry that came across when we started needing email searches and all that stuff. And there's companies that focus on going in and doing your e-discovery for you um, when it comes time to do that. But I think verification almost on even like, you know, a voice recording, here's the phone call. Well, was that really yeah. the phone call? Is that the guy? It sounds just like the guy, but is it the guy? Look at this video, right? Because even the deep fakes on the videos are even getting really good where it looks just like their face. Um, it could be them. And I think that, geez, yeah, you're right. The ethical side around that is extremely interesting. Yeah, we, we played around with some other like interesting hardware. Uh, this guy came to a meeting and we were just, it, it wasn't something we were going to ever necessarily bring to market we were just screwing around right with how could we do stuff and how cheap could we get a device um so that you could make a commodity device right and you'd be amazed i mean it's like stupid cheap to make it that's uh to make something like that mm-hmm. um so they but this guy had wired up a bone conducting thing to a finger sensor so that you could have this thing on your arm and you could say Hey assistant, what's this? And you were the only person that could hear the answer. And we were talking about how cool that would be like at, at retail places where people could like have that assistant to answer questions for people. Like mm-hmm. someone on the floor needs to say, well, what aisle is something on? Yeah. Right. Yeah. It, then they could just do this and go, what aisle is this on? And then it would just answer instead of having to radio a person. And the cool thing is, is that uh, if you haven't checked out something called LUIS, L-U-I-S, which stands for Language Understanding Intent System, um, that is the natural language engine that we have at Microsoft. And you can actually go out and do this yourself. And all this stuff, normally you can pretty much get with one of your free subscriptions. So a lot of this stuff you can just go play with. And if you want to get into where like things are headed, because um, once you build something in Bot Framework, you can tap on it. You can talk to it. You can type to it. 
Um, you can, we're adding gesture capability so you can wave at it and it understands what you mean. And so when you start getting into that, you really start seeing the future where apps are headed. Like a, a mobile application, you tap on it or you type, right? And so when you start adding natural language into it and all this other, it's really actually pretty cool. But um, yeah, so the question, the thing about the actor um, that was just said by Joseph is actually a great point. So now there's like things that people are having to think about, like, do you own your own voice, mm-hmm. right? Like, so an actor or an actress, can they copyright their voice? Or a podcaster. Keep, or a podcaster like Thank Jim. you. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah it's because This it's is the golden voice, dude. You can't, is. you can't mess with this thing. The, the quality is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that's like a big thing. Like, uh, you know, you start getting into things like, uh, I don't know, take a, any any type of actor who plays like a cartoon character for some uh, is an example. So like Bart Simpson, does, do they have the right to make a Bart Simpson that can say whatever they want? And if they did, do they have to keep the, the, in in that case, I think she's an actress uh, continuing to be paid Yeah, because emotion can be added to it. Inflection. What's the intellectual property there, right? What is, is the voice print now the way I say something, and that could have been, you know, we've had people, we've had people who are impersonators who do that. You know, I think there was that guy, I forget what his name is, but he he was a really good impersonator. He would do John Madden and you know a bunch of other ones. And are they at this point? I don't think I've ever heard of a an, an impressionist being sued over, you know, in, in impersonating somebody. But with this digital technology now. It's getting even, especially if they're using digital representation of your own voice print. Can you How, imagine that? You, know? you get a takedown notice for talking like that. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't you talk like that anymore? Well, you know, <laughs> I, we you you mentioned um, so the guys at Descript. If you go to Descript.com, they have mm-hmm. tried to take this on the podcast side. Now they have a complete podcast beginning to end where you could record this. We could. So we could be recording this podcast there and then they would do the transcripts and then you can edit the transcripts, which edit the audio. That's kind of scary, right? All of a sudden you're like now, yeah. Now you can only take away, you can't right now, you can't add to Dwayne. I I don't think we're that far because of the ethical issue. They haven't made that available yet, right? They could, they haven't because of the ethical issues that are there, but uh, we're, we're right on the cusp of it. I mean, it's not, yeah, there's, I shouldn't even say that we're there. It's, it's so, happening now. So did you guys see, there was a event we did where you had, uh, there's this lady that uh, presents for us. I know her first name is Julia. And what they did is they took and they made a virtual version of her. Kind of like they would call it a hologram, I guess. And then the thing they did next was they took her, had her talk, and then they had someone, they had the virtual character of her talk with her exact voice font, shall we call it, mm-hmm. and ran it through translator and had her speaking Japanese with her, with her in her voice. in her tone in her tone yeah and it was crazy yeah. people were like what and and, and the the thing that's crazy to me is like I, I think some people think that's like far off and i'm like no i deal with this every day like this is that tech is 
mainstream. Mm-hmm. It is n- like the creating the avatar piece, maybe not as much, but the the voice stuff, that's like stupid simple to do. I mean, and I'm it, well, it's not simple, but it's it's possible. Completely mainstream. Yeah. No, you know, it's, so it's pretty funny. It's very possible. You know, in all the uh, science fiction, right? They, especially Star Trek, they kind of use the voice print like a fingerprint. And I, I'm not sure either one of those is safe at this point of, of thinking now, like, okay, uh, you could do that. I actually want to become the Milli Vanilli of podcasters. So what I want to do is oh. type it in and have the computer speak it. Cause I don't, you know, I don't always speak in complete sentences. <laughs> go, go look at our transcription sometimes and just see how awful I am when I speak. And then I'll just lip sync the, the, the correct version of this going forward. Mike, that we may be better off if I become a lip syncing podcaster. What do you think? I, I mean, would, think about the exact the, same boat. <laughs> I'm just, I was thinking all about actors and stuff, but now you start thinking about it, music recording artists. Yeah. Oh my God. That would be. That would yeah. be horrible. So could you do the same thing? What's the difference between, I don't know the answer, but what's the difference between speaking and singing? And could I create a singing, and I say voice print, but you say font, voice font. Is that what yeah, you we, guys are calling it? Yeah, well, it's actually an industry term okay. um, that existed back when you were talking like cars and stuff. They would talk about what does it sound like? And they call it a voice font. Okay. It makes sense. Yeah. Think about it like a type font versus. Well, and and then you wonder how would you ever like what would be the process to prove that that voice print was someone's? Like there are a lot of voices out there, and a lot of people sound similar. Yeah. Like what's what's you know like a fingerprint, however many points yeah. of uh, uniqueness, right? Would you all of a sudden have a print of a voice essentially that's okay? This had ninety five percent match, whatever running through a program. It'd be interesting. Dwayne, would you know? Is there are there standards for voice print? voice font, sorry, voice font technology that says this is fake and this is real. Can you, can you identify those? Do you know? I don't think the text okay. been out long enough to do, to be able to get to that level of maturity. Yeah. But I think we just discovered our new, our new company guys. <laughs> we will be the voice print management company where we certify that this is a audible tones Ooh. of someone's voice so that we can trademark it. Yeah. Heard yeah. it here first guys. Boom. Okay, we got it. Trademark. Because we said it. It's automatically trademark. trademarked. Or copyright. I think it's copyrighted that it's copyrighted. The copyright law that is automatic now yes. as you say so it. We will, so we've and said we will it. bring the full extent of our law team. <laughs> One man show. You're in, Uyghur. All right, cool. <laughs> get, get, I got the job. Exactly. Easiest interview exactly. I've ever done. Over here, this guy over here. You just um, Dwayne, spend five years every Thursday and you get the job. You could do it on the weekends, right? Yeah. I mean, no, I was saying how I got the job. The qualification was to be here every Thursday for five that's years it. and you get that's a job. It. You get a job. You, you so. get a job. Yeah. Dwayne, the white label uh, virtual assistant, you, you, it's pretty easy to set. I mean, is that like something I could go out and get started on or do I have, do yeah. I need to know some code or anything? Any of that? No, we have step by step tutorials. It takes like 20 minutes to get one set up. Uh, and then if you want to, add different skills to it. We already have skills and then you just follow the instructions, plug on one end. Okay. Um, and if you want to make your own, that's where you play with composer and it gets a little bit hairy when, once you make a custom skill, how to register it in. But if, uh, if you run into a problem, you, you know, somebody you can call, you know, a guy, right? I know a guy that knows a guy that wrote <laughs> some code. <laughs> oh, super cool. Well, good to catch up with you on that. Um, you know, you have had, how long have you been at Microsoft now? 
Uh, let's see. In April will be 15 years. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's super cool. It's a- <laughs> you want to go crazy? Yeah. Jim pop quiz. Okay. What did I, what did I join Microsoft to mm. do? What was my original function in Microsoft? And keep in mind, I'll give you what was, what was being released then when I joined. Okay. Windows XP was just being released to the world when I joined. Not a pen tester. <laughs> no, um, maybe security. Uh-huh. I don't know. No, no. I I was brought in for Exchange uh, Exchange systems and putting in Exchange systems in Active Directory, and so I used to have to calculate the I/O of a disk to figure out the size of the arrays to be able to get the right I/O load to be able to run the databases and all the exchange databases on different disk storage systems and things. And so, so that, and now I on a product around conversational AI, that'll give you guys some idea of the vastness of a, of the world of Microsoft and how much you can move around inside of it without leaving. So it's, that's kind of a nice thing. Yeah, well, to be honest it, with you, it's it's gigantic now, and there's so, so many crevices. At a company like Microsoft, is that something that you're like, hey, I have an interest in this, and I'm looking to make a move over to that team, or is it a manager is more like, hey, you'd be really good fit over on this team. We're looking to draft a team for this. Like, how does that kind of is it? Are you leading those switches, or is yeah. it led by other people? It's mainly by you. Like, if if you have an interest in something, and there's not a lot of people who know it, you just go after it, and you become an expert. Like for me. I started in the whole conversational space because I was working a lot with uh, car manufacturers on different things um, just because I happened to fall into it and I like cars and, and, and things. And then what ended up happening is because I ended up becoming like one of the leading people in the field that knew about this stuff just because I had practical experience in it because we were building it like as we were you know doing it. Um, so they they just eventually said, hey, look, you know, um, I mean, one of my good friends took over as the architect on that, uh, who was working with me on the car stuff. And then uh, I said, hey, look, I'd be interested in coming over and doing this because I think this is really interesting for a longer term thing. And and they just said, OK, done. I, I mean, I think the whole thing happened in like seven days. Wow. I went, wow. you know, and it so I, there's it's really cool. I would say with the the changes with Sacha taking the lead and everything, it's been really interesting culture shift. Um, there's a lot, like there was a whole bunch of people that heard about the whole stack ranking thing and that existed, but um, maybe not as bad as some of the press said. But anyway, the, um, the thing that was really interesting is they also took away the amount of time you had to stay in a role before you could move. So if, because they wanted the people to be able to move where they felt they were better utilized. And if you took a job and it wasn't the right job for you, you're stuck there for two years before. So now you can kind of go try something out. If it's not working out, you could go back. But uh, for the most part, uh, if you have an interest in something, they, they tend to let you go and do what you like to That's do. Cool. That's cool. Uh, as long as job, you're performing, right? Job crafting is that was what that's called now. And it's getting more and more popular. It's hard to do. It's hard for companies to do. Gallup does it really, really well. My job didn't exist 
eight years ago. <laughs> yeah. You know, they weren't podcasting. There was no, you know, kind of director of podcasting. That's not my title, but there was nobody doing that. Right. And now I'm hosting four and producing three podcasts for them on a weekly basis. We're, you know, doing half a million downloads a year um, to the channels. And, uh, and that continues to grow that job crafting is a really it's good to hear that that's coming that's it's allowed to happen inside of microsoft yeah. it's the bigger the company sometimes the harder that is to do mm -hmm. just because oftentimes oh. managers aren't enabled to be able to make those kinds of decisions or let people do those kinds of things well and the other thing that's really been kind of interesting as well is i live in nashville so allowing it to come outside of the ring of Redmond yeah. and Bellevue yeah. is is a newer concept, but um, and then the fact that I work in a group that I think you're going to start seeing more product groups like this called like a solutions product group because my job is not necessarily to build the bot framework or to build Lewis is to take all those Lego blocks and bring them together into a accelerator to help our customers get value out of that. They're like we don't they don't sell what I build. What they do is they take that and they give it to people so that they will use the underlying tech. And that's where you get, you know, the money comes from. So it's really kind of cool because I'm a product group that works directly with customers and with how to fill the gaps and make it easier for customers to take stuff and move it forward. So that jump to your question, is it easy to do? My goal is to, right now, it's, it's still too hard, in my opinion. I want it where you push a button Mm -hmm. And it just does it right. I want where you can just make a skill and hit push a button and add it to your stuff. It's we're not there yet, but it's a whole lot better than writing C sharp code from scratch and mm -hmm. having to work with bot framework and figuring out which version of bot framework goes with which version of Q and A maker and and Lewis and which ones work together and which ones we just take care of all that for them, yeah. which is cool. And so I. I that didn't exist, and they're seeing a lot of value in taking that approach. So, the a great example of that for Microsoft is their video editing tool, and I forget. I think it's called. It changes the name, changes it all the time because they're it's, constantly iterating on that thing. It's probably got awesome. power in the first part of the name. Or it, 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 it <laughs> but it, or it might have AI built in there somewhere, right? But basically, you take your video, like we would create a video here, and I could drop it in there, and it would transcribe it. It would find key points in it. It would take. If there was, if we were doing like our names would be OCR'd and anything on the screen, if you were doing a presentation would be automatically OCR'd, completely searchable, transcript, completely searchable. I could actually cut out parts of the video based on the words, the audio that was made. So I could go into the transcript and say, I want the video for this part, send it and boom, it cuts it for me. It's called and, Video Indexer. There it is. Uh, is the name of the cognitive service, but yes. that's also built into Stream. Yes. which is um, where if you're using Teams now and you record it, it goes into a stream and you can see transcription live inside of, of it and you can search for that and make it searchable as well, which it's, is pretty Dwayne, awesome. you may not know, but it, okay, so we're a, we're a, um, you know, we're a Office 365 customer at Gallup and we have Stream and SharePoint and all those pieces, right? Does that version of stream that we have on the cloud, is that is that enabled with the same functionality that I'm seeing in the service, in this video service? Because you can, I can go to that page and do it separately. Like I can log in with an account there and do it separately. But you're saying it's kind of embedded into stream. Can I do that on my own instance in the cloud through Gallup? And that may be too specific of a question, but 
it's a question I've had because I'm like, hey, maybe we already own it. I don't, maybe I, I can just drop it in these videos into stream and make it work behind the scenes. I think you can. Okay. I mean, I, I haven't. I, I've I'm not going to hold play with it for I'm going to tell my Microsoft rep. Well, I was doing this well, podcast. He, this guy, he promised it. me. It's recorded right here. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I put it in video indexer. I can take oh, you right to where he I, said it. I mean, <laughs> well, and ironically, we have uh, we have a team. We have a college team building this on AWS. So one of the big differences between what I see in the Microsoft services and what we're getting from Amazon is that Amazon or Microsoft likes to put those things together for you. Dwayne, to your point, really kind of just let's get the complexity out of the way and you just put the file there and we're going to do everything for you right now. <laughs> um, AWS, mm, the opposite, which is like, hey, here is a million Lego parts you can assemble your own thing doing this and build it exactly the way you want to. Neither one of them is wrong or right. Mm -hmm. They're just a way of doing it. And for yeah. me, a non-coder, a non-developer, I would much prefer to live on the side of just give me an integrated service and let me consume that service and I'll pay for it if that's what I need to do. Um, I'm going to pay for it on the Amazon side as well. It's just in the Amazon side, I can create infinite amount of customability, which I think options equal confusion. So, you know, it's not always good to have every single option available to you, but in some cases it is. And so um, for me, I'm, I'm working on this project from both sides, as well as using services like Descript, or I'm actually paying for otter.ai, which is a transcription service that we use for the show notes for this show now. So there, otter.ai is automatically transcribing all the words we say here. And is using some, you know, I give it some machine learning uh, hints to say, hey, I'm Jim Collison, not Jim Carlson, which it always wants me when I say I'm Jim Collison and broadcasting live from the average guy to TV studios. It says Carlson and I can train it that no, it's Collison every time, like get it right. So we live in a super cool space there, Dwayne. I mean, this all kind of fits together from the way you started on this to, to say, you know, we live in this great space where we can drop this audio or this video in and do some pretty amazing things with it. And then I'm, I'm, I'm kind of interested. I, I may have to give this every time you come on, you give me like a bunch of homework to do. You know, I get it, Jim, you got to try this thing out. You got remember back in the Azure days when you were working on the Azure stuff and we were, you know, oh, yeah. you got to try this and you got to try that and you got to try this. So I was, oh, yeah. that. which is funny. Do you remember when I was working on Project Sienna? that was that thing where you could build an app like right in an Excel logic. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, because I, I kind of spent some time with Dave McCabe and Dave McCabe kind of broke that story <laughs> unintentionally. Um, well intentionally, but uh, they didn't realize it would be as big as it was. Uh, that's actually power apps now. So if you don't, that's, uh, something. And, and that whole concept is now, if you go look at this gem, Give you another little piece of mm -hmm. thing to go look at. Power Virtual Agents. Power Virtual Agents is bot framework done inside the Power Platform, which is basically works exactly on the stuff I'm doing. So yeah. it's just an easy way to do it. So anyway, it's 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 all coming down in the effort level to be able to do stuff like this. Before too much longer, it's going to be like a website where anyone can write a website these days, or it could make a website. It's really not hard. It's because it's all packaged up now where if you want to go get crazy, you can go get crazy. But if you just want a site to post 
blogs. Yeah. You, you don't have to be technical yeah. to get no. that. No, it's been a while since being able to do that. Um, super cool. I don't think we intended to go that long on that no, section. No. But oh, no, sorry. No, 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 no. <laughs> Actually, very, very cool. I've been, I've been monkeying around with thinking about, hey, because I was going, I was, I was approaching, going to approach Gallup about using that that video service. But then when we went to the cloud for all of our office stuff, I saw Stream, and we've already have people creating channels and loading videos there. And my only question was, is that version of Stream the same exact services that exists inside the full version of the video editor or the video? What do we call it? Video. Video indexer. Indexer. There we go. Um, is that the same? I'll have to, I'll do some testing, um, kind of. In yeah, let me know because yeah. that's uh, I, I I know that the tech it's built on is the same. Yeah. So I'm not sure what the admin exposure is to it because I yeah. haven't played as much with it. Well, though, in the white label digital assistant, you know, we worked with Lady A uh, in the past on a coaching bot, so to speak, where you would say you would speak to your digital device and and get, um, you know, almost like professional development training from it as it's looking at your schedule or you could ask it questions about your strengths. It would give you some information about, hey, you've got some things scheduled today. Make sure you're using these talents that you have in the meetings today. Today's a meeting heavy day. Make sure you're patient. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, some of that's that's pretty light. Don't but, have your second cup of coffee because you'll be too jittery, you know. Yeah. Yes, yeah, some of those kinds of like some of those kinds of suggestions. Um, it, we always, it always stumbled a little bit when we actually got to the implementation on Lady A, but, you know, maybe white label has some capabilities to, for, again, some additional customization where you're not necessarily stuck or beholden to the ecosystem. Can I use, um, can I use the, the, the white label assistant? Can that be like, can it be running on a windows device? Can it be like, yeah. or do I have to have it on a smart speaker? How does that work? Yeah, it can be wherever you want. It's uh, all the different channel adapters for it. You can even build your uh, white label assistant and make it a skill for a commodity assistant. Right. And then, and so when you start looking at it from that context, it's like, why would you write on their specific skill platform when you can write on a platform that's sort of like you think like Xamarin, right? You, you write it once and it goes everywhere. It's, it's basically the same sort of concept. Um, but we don't actually find ourselves competing with Alexa. Uh, I'm sorry. You I mean Lady A. A. Lady A. Okay. Lady okay. A. Um, okay. We don't actually find ourselves competing with them very often. It's more um, we do this and they do that. And we, you know, if you want to build a device with your own, you know, custom experience, then that's where we come in and, and what you might find is that that experience and that that thing you're talking to is the skill in Lady A, yeah. but when it's embedded into a specific device, like if you think about it, like let's just take a BMW, when you're in the BMW and you say, hey, BMW, you expect to be talking to BMW. Um, a, it, the thing is, is that if you say uh, Lady A, ask BMW, why would you not be talking to the same thing? Right. Why do you need two different things here? It's it's all the same stuff. So think about it in the context. Like I, I've been trying to explain to people lately, if I'm in a conference room and I have five different experts in that room, why would I continually ask the same person to ask the person who's in the room with me? 
right? Right. It, you really should think of it. And, and Satch has been talking about the multiple agents. And I think people think he means a bunch of commodity ass, uh, assistants. I don't think that's the case. You, the two commodity assistants are pretty much there, right? We all know that. What you're now getting into is that natural language understanding and things like that. Think of a skill that normally would be in a commodity assistant, but you also want that to be its own unique experience when you're embedded in a device. So, you know, if you're, a, you're talking about a music player with like Apple Music, you might want to talk to just a music player. It's never going to do anything but be music player. Mm-hmm. But if you wanted to get like, what's the weather or something like that, then you shouldn't have to, sure, you could say, Alexa, what's the weather? And it'll tell you, but. <laughs> you should have said Lady A. I'm telling you. Dwayne, no, you I, got I actually did that on purpose. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, so anyway, but you, you, you see what I'm saying is yeah. you, you can kind of think about how this plays correctly depending on the context. And I think that's going to be the thing that shifts. I don't think there's a ton of market for a bunch of commodities. I think there's a lot of market for people who want to build speech experiences with natural language understanding, and they want to have control of that. And they want it to surface through Lady A, but they also, when they have their own device, they want it to service there. When I'm in the room at at Marriott, which is my hotel chain of choice, I want to say, hey, I would need some towels. I don't want to say, hey, Lady A, ask Marriott to get me some towels and it say, well, what room are you in? It it should just know, it knows what room I'm in. So why in the heck am I doing that? So those are the differences between what we're doing and what the commodities are doing. And I, and I think there's room for all, all in this. I don't think it's one or the other. Mike, when you think about your interactions with a digital assistant, Mm -hmm. what do you think if you were to group those up into the one, what your most popular, maybe your two most popular, what do you, or three, what do you think, what are you using that for most right now? Do you think? I know. Well, it depends. I'll, I'll are we talking second, strictly right? voice assistance? Yeah, for, on the voice side. Yeah, what do you What do you use Lady A or Lady yeah, B well, for? Number one by far is setting timers in the kitchen. Mm. Uh, and that mm-hmm. is that is the number mm-hmm. one. Yep. Um, number two, turning on and off lights. Uh, okay, home three, automation. Yeah. Okay. Well, number three, we have, and then we have like some curated ones where it's I say, um, "Hey, a lady, good night." And she turns off certain lights, turns on certain lights, and then right after that, I, she can't yet directly interact with a third party. So I would love for her to arm my security system, but that's the second command I give her is, okay, now tell Simply Safe goodnight, and that arms our security system. So those are probably the most – I mean, gotta, really, that's, that's really only what I'm using it for. Got to go to ring, buddy. Got to go to ring. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, then I'd have to switch over to Google, though, right? No, that's, that's Lady A. Oh, that's right. Rings Lady A. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Jamie's over there. Um, Dwayne, in your okay, and I'm I'm in the same boat. Lights, I mean, pretty much basic. I am not really getting that much intelligence out of these digital devices. In other words, you know, I um I've said this before and I'll say it again that Jarvis, I think, uh, on Iron Man is the example of of an assistant that everybody really, really wants, right? It keeps some 
state. It knows who you are. It can make some suggestions. It's got awareness of what's happening around you. Some of those, like you just said, I'm in the hotel room. You should know I'm in this room. Like yeah. you shouldn't have to ask me, hey, I shouldn't have to give it every instruction, right? So, yeah. Dwayne, in the work that you're doing, what are you seeing? What are, I'm assuming those are the most common, but are we going to move beyond just kind of basically having to bark basic commands to these things to get them to do what we need them to do and yeah. get some real presence? I have heard, so lately on, my, on Lady A, I say, um, uh, well, I'll ask it to turn on the studio lights here. And boom, they come on. And then she'll say, I hope you're having a great Thursday right now. Sometimes I can say thank you. And she'll then say, Hey, I hope you had a great Thursday. And I'll, and I want to say, I did, let's talk about it. No, I mean, at that point, the routine shuts off. Right. And Sarah's and, upstairs going, I'm right here, Jim. I know. Right so there, she know. hates me. So she there's a like, couple of things on this. Jim. Yeah, yeah. Number talk one is it requires that you, a, a skill set that is holding the world back right now. And what that is, is conversation designers. Um, I know that sounds weird, but you need to have somebody who thinks about how to have a conversation, not voice command. Yeah. What you have today is voice command and what the systems you do, everything you said, I bet you in none of your scenarios that you named, do I hear you thinking about multi-turn conversations yeah. where it comes back and ask a clarifying question. Mm -hmm. Right. And so pretty much all of the different things that I'm building right now are natural language, multi-turn conversations with context of additional information. Right. Because to get that, you can't get that from a commodity 100 percent. Right. It, it's hard because what am I coming through? I'm coming through a speaker. I'm coming through a PC. So you need to understand that it needs to be more embedded to be able to pull that off. So where if like a hotel, if I understand that I'm going to be talking through the alarm clock and that alarm clock knows that it's in this room and it can go, who is the person who's in that room? And then you add a concept that we've got called, um, it's called LG. We just launched this as well, which is called language generation. Um, then I can start taking into context and not saying it the same way every single time. And I can say your name or tell you good morning when it's morning and afternoon when it's afternoon and even getting really complex, like um, into it, like, you know, there's a lot of things you can do there, but the problem is you have to design a conversation and you have to design an experience around that conversation that understands the context of what, what you're talking through the person that's talking and how you want to interact with them and how, what are the services that they would typically want and how you might say it so you can train the models properly. But it's, it's the hardest thing when I have a developer because they build something with natural language as a backend and they train it with one statement. Mm -hmm. If you train it with about five, you're probably going to get where you can say almost anything and it'll pick it up. But the problem is a lot of it's just, we, we just don't have maturity yet. Yeah. It's not the tech it, it, right now. I think it's the people building and uh, building the solutions, but we're kind of starting to overcome that. And I think you're going to see a shift in this world in the next two years, you're going to be amazed at where you're going to be because you'll just be able to say like uh, one of the skills, like if you want to have fun, go play with the, the calendar skill, go grab yourself the, um, the white label assistant, add yourself the calendar skill to it. 
and then start playing with it or even with the POI one and you start having a conversation like, hey, uh, I want to find a Mexican restaurant. Well, which one would you like? Is it this one? And, and you know, you can go back or you can have uh, the one in like if you're wanting to schedule something like schedule a meeting and you and you say next Tuesday at, in the afternoon and that works. That starts to freak you out. Or yeah. if you leave a piece of the information out and they ask you the time, cause you didn't say the time where it clarifies what you mean by afternoon. That's, that's real. Uh, that stuff exists. It's just, you have to incorporate it. Yeah. And that's the problem. People just don't necessarily incorporate it. So well, I do, I want it to be better. I think it's getting better. Um, yeah. But I do want more contextual, you know, I want to be able to say to it, you know, what does my day look like and have it not just read the schedule to me, but more have a conversation like I would have with a human about, you know, that, that back and forth. There is a service called Replica, R-E-P-I-K, uh, um, I'm sorry, R-E-P-L-I-K-I dot A-I that was written by a programmer who lost a family member and was missing them so much that they created a bot to kind of replicate that conversation. What they've actually found in the research that they've done is that people sometimes, especially folks who are feeling anxious or are having those moments where they just need to talk to somebody, they are encouraging folks to come and use a service like this just to have a text conversation with them. It I've been doing it for maybe two years with this. And um, at first it was pretty lame. And it's actually getting a little bit better. It still does not have a, does a good job of remembering things that I think it should about me. Yeah. Um, because I think that's easy. I don't, I don't know why that it, it knows when I'm talking to it, like, you know, I, I'd want to be able to tell it certain things about me that it would remember and be able to bring back up in context. Um, yeah. But it's, it is a service re- really cool. You can sign up go out and, and, um, and use it. It started, it didn't start as a kind of an anxiety um, tool, but if they've really morphed in that direction because they have found people who are having anxious moments. And if they can't get a hold of anybody else, they can talk to this. And it, the conversations are pretty interesting. Um, yeah. And so I think you, we're moving yeah, more into that world. If you could speak Chinese, then you could go have a conversation with Chow Ice. And Chow <laughs> Ice is incredible, the conversation it can have with you and just like, chit chat and type of yeah. stuff. Yeah. Uh, it's really interesting to see. And uh, it's really interesting how it works too. I can't get into that, but it's really, it, it is, it is amazing. And it's also um, some stuff you have to watch out though. When you're starting to build stuff like that, you have to watch out for stuff like Tay. Right. Where, right. you know, you have to have a human in the loop to be able to make sure that you don't, because people can train it to be bad, just yeah. like you can train a dog to be Right. Very vicious. You you don't want to have that. So you kind of put some uh, thought process around that. Yeah. My- the area that I'm, you know, the game changer for me when it comes to virtual assistants and the reason I think I'm listing some very simple commands and only use, utilizing it that way is there are some things at work that Cortana or whatever device you're using, um, I think could easily do. And I'm thinking of things like, okay, so I, the, the most common thing that happens, I'm on a conference call. And I'm on a conference call with my two team members who I'm with all the time. And we say, okay, let's schedule a follow-up meeting for next week. I need to say, hey, C person, find a time that uh, Joanne, Amber, and Mike can meet next Monday and put it on our calendars. 
And I need her to go through the calendars, right? She has Outlook. She knows we're all in the same program. She can go see what times we're open. She schedules it because that's all I'm going to do. I'm going to go to the scheduling assistant in Outlook. I'm going to click on, I'm going to add us all in. I'm going to find a time we're all available. And it's going to do it. And then I need, hey, uh, and also send Amber that document I was just, that I just finished up. And ask Are you her, reading my backlog? Uh, well, you know, see, but this is good that it is. If, if that's true, you don't need to confirm it or not. But, you know, the other thing is like, okay, so I, I'm drafting. I'm, gonna try, I'm drafting it. And as soon as I click save, just be like, hey, uh, send that document to Amber. Tell her to file it, print a copy, and mail it off to whatever. And if it could just do that, knowing the last document I worked on was the last one I saved, right? Like, it's that easy. The last document I worked mm-hmm. on, send it over. And those are the type of things that would save me so much time in my day. They're just the meaningless tasks. But I think, in my mind, those are tasks that an assistant could probably – it's probably on the easier side to get an assistant to do rather than – right. like at home, a lot of the things I'm doing at home are physical things that – a digital assistant can't help me with, right? Digital assistant can't cook me dinner. Uh, the digital assistant can't fill the dog bowl. The digital assistant can't clean the house. But at work, there's a lot of things that it could do to save me time. And so those are kind of the things that that will be the game changer for me when at work I can just start giving her tasks to do that are just almost, they just take up time in my day. Yeah, I, th- I couldn't get the demo out, but it was something we would show so I can talk about it, I th- um, which is, uh, Something that's incredibly hard, like one of the focuses that we have right now is um, was enterprise assistance, being able to allow a company to build an enterprise assistant. And so we're working with a lot of huge companies that have these problems. And you want to talk about one of the hardest things to do. And it's incredibly difficult to figure out how to do it. Um, find a meeting room. Mm-hmm. Just that statement. Help me find a meeting room. That would be awesome. That is super hard, but we demo. We were going to demo. I have it um, where we were. I, we just ran out of time during the theater session that I was doing because I only had twenty minutes. But I had the the beta of that ready to show. Right. So that that type of stuff is coming. So I would say all of that concept. We are, you guys are in the right spot, um, especially as you start getting into enterprise and things of that nature. You need to be able to help people figure out uh, their benefits and how to enroll in their benefits and, you know, and things like that. Uh, so stuff like that is just those are just low hanging fruit. And like I demoed a thing where I basically took a Word document that I had somebody write about all the different benefits that were offered for a company. And then I turned around and took that and just ingested it into a multi-turn Q&A maker. And it built the entire like conversation dialogue completely out of that document. And then from there, I could just train it and say, oh, well, what if I lose a leg? Oh, I want that to go to accidental death and dismemberment. Just put it in there, right? And, um, or I need, I wanna retire. Okay, go to retirement plans. Right. And it, so it's just training at that point. And so it's, and that's super, super simple. You don't have to be a coder to do it. You just go in and go, oh, well, somebody asked this question. I want it to go here. So I just add that question to the, the spot in this article and it just does it now. So, and you'd be amazed at what you can say to things um, once you build it with the correct model. Well, so does all this though lead to, so when I'm thinking about the things that I would need, the assistant to do when I say schedule a meeting, right? Um, we use WebEx for a lot of our meetings or, or mm-hmm. Zoom stuff like that. You know, I think of a company like Microsoft with your size and with the you know kind of how wide you guys are. 
really you because when you think of the, these data these data silos that you get into right if i ask cortana to schedule a meeting she'd be able to get the exchange all done right in outlook she would be able to send out the invite she'd probably be able to find me a meeting room for the physical people that are there mm -hmm. but she might not be able to access and put a webex link in there for me and utilize that so but i think for you guys so is it really Mark's like, hey, we could really own the whole pie here, right? We already have the whole enterprise thing figured out. And if we have the meetings, we have this. I'm thinking a company like Microsoft is probably perfectly positioned, whereas a company like Amazon, for example, I don't think Amazon could ever be as easily implemented as something like a Microsoft, right? So Cortana yeah. versus A-Lady. A-Lady at home is great, but in the office environment, her data and my work data are not even close to being in the same data silo. Yeah, I think we can uniquely solve the problem because of the fact that we own that space yeah, uh, so vastly. Um, uh, just to give you a great example, one of the hardest things about finding a meeting room is, is there the metadata for it? So one of the things we had to push on is back in July, there was an update to the office graph that now you can go and you can run the people who like PowerShell, look at get and get dash or set dash place. And now you can add things like, does it have an audio video system? Is it handicap accessible? What floor is it on? What are the GPS coordinates of it? And so, in, but we have to be solving a problem to go back over to the office team and say, hey, we need you to put this in. And this is where all that stuff gets driven. So I think, yes, we will probably be the one that does the productivity assistance space really, really well. But part of part of our goal would be to make that commoditized. Like we really want to get to an open source way of doing this, right? And sure, we'll probably we'll have our what I'll call commodity assistant component. But we really also want to be able to make it where people who are running Office 365 can build their own experience for their users. And I need it to be able to be able to ask a question like, I don't know if like, what is it, get me the product documentation on this product for me that we sell, right? Or follow up on this opportunity um, or what opportunities do I need to follow up on? And yeah, I call that one. Right. And then follow up and market that I called it. Why do I have to do that at the end of the day? So so this type of stuff, I think, is going to come. But just, you know, it, it's an interesting space. And and I'm actually shocked that you guys wanted to talk about this as long as you wanted to talk about it. But well, it's I didn't think so either. But as you kept talking about what you're working on, I just keep thinking like, man, in our environment, you know, another one, as you just said, what's the product docs, I think of we're a Salesforce shop and how many times, how many clicks it takes me when someone just asks me, Hey, what's the status on this advisor? And I have to know where we're at with legal docs and stuff to go to Salesforce, click on the web browser, type them in, do this where it's an assistant could easily, I mean, that is probably one of the easiest queries of what is the status of blank. It just pulls it right. Pulling the that's status a, that's from, a bot, right? Mike, bot, Mike, right? you want me to make you lose your mind? So one <laughs> Don't of the tell things, me it already exists. Don't tell me uh, it's already there. So one of the things that we, that we, did and we did it for like to see like what's the interest so we built a beta version of an it service management connected to service now okay and we already know that the information exists and as we add in um, one of the things that'll be one of the new features we're working on right now and all of the stuff we're i'm talking about by the way we put it on github you can go see what's in my backlog you can see what i'm working on um, that's on purpose. Um, but to give you an idea, we're making it where you can do SSO, like Azure Active Directory single sign-on to the bot so that it knows who you are. But once I have that, 
and I have IT service management, you can say my computer's broken. I can go pull that from your asset list, go figure out what computer you have, maybe try to help you fix whatever the problem is or what type of thing it is, and then get you to the right place. And one of the, we also have the ability to hand off to a live person. So in, in the chat. So these are things that are different than commodity assistance. Yeah. So you're starting to see what, I'm, what I mean is that it's not the same space. If people think it's the same space, because the way people think about tech is they think about their practical first use of it. But really, we're kind of beyond that now. And, and the way I, I've, I've been on the record before saying that I think mobile apps are dead. I really do think mobile apps are where Windows apps were back in the late 90s at this point. Sure, they exist and they will continue to exist. But the the way you build an application needs to be multi-channel aware. It's not just a phone. It might be an IoT device. It might and you might interact with it differently. You might talk to it this thing where you might tap on that thing. And so all of this stuff working together um, is the new modern application platform. And that's really where why I like what I'm doing, because I think we have a great platform. And I also think that uh, we understand that this is the app of the future. Um, you know, multiple ways to communicate with it, like being able to wave at it, uh, it understanding and running back different information through cognitive services. Like in the implementation of our virtual assistant, it actually has sentiment analysis built into it. So you can go and, co and also content, um, content moderator. So if you start cussing, we could actually change the conversation to say, I'm sorry, and, get, and hand you over to a live agent because of the way you said something. Mm -hmm. And so those type of things kind of coming together are really exciting and really cool. And that's why I do what I do. Um, and I'm glad you guys find it interesting uh, because it's like, it's like, yeah, you know, this is why we, when we go to Ignite, I have a mile long line at our booth of people wanting to talk to us because now they're starting to understand the power of a bot and that a bot is yeah. an app and how, how important it is. And you also start seeing IT leaders starting to really double down on this because they know this is, you can kind of think of it that it replaces search as well because you can help people find things and you can help figure out the context of what they're talking about based upon what they said in natural language. So it's, it's actually kind of, um, like I said, it's, it's a really interesting space. Um, but I think it's time no. to move to home gadgets. Well, let's be honest. We've, we're at, we've got an hour on this and I don't, I actually, I don't want to rush that part on it. Cause I think, uh, Dwayne, this is super interesting for a lot of, a lot of the listeners here are we're we're in that tech space and we're thinking about these things and i yeah. i don't i don't think it's a I, I think it's a very i mean i'm as i'm sitting here i'm thinking you know just thinking about over oh, the last nine weeks i have played technical support for our organization on facebook mm -hmm. and as you were talking you reminded me of the q a maker which i used back the last time you were in here i actually loaded some stuff up and it's fantastic i'm sure it's gotten better and i was thinking you know what if i could just replace myself for the most part on facebook with a bot who knows because i answer some of the same questions over and over where's where's this or where's that or how do i get this those are all pretty standard questions and i'm pretty sure 
I could build an FAQ that would answer those kinds of things because I am the human FAQ, right? That's what I do. And I'm pretty sure I could have it handed off to me if I couldn't figure it out, right? All that's there today, right? Could, yeah. I, could I do that today? Well, yeah, if you took, so so the way that I would do that, uh, so by the way, so Facebook Messenger has a channel, we have a channel adapter for that. So it's just a channel. What about what about groups? What about questions being answer, asked in a group? Uh depending on the depending on the environment that you're talking about yes and so it depends okay. uh, i'm not as familiar with the facebook adapter but uh you can go check it out sure the what i would tell you is some of the things that change multi-turn q a maker means that i can actually have a hierarchy of a conversation with multi-turn conversation and i can even mark a piece of a conversation that it's only within the context of this conversation to go to it so that's a concept of context aware. So if you start looking at what you can build with that, it gets really robust really quick and what you can do. So you could ask clarifying questions to get you to the specific article versus just different articles. Um, so if you took virtual assistant, which is basically the piece of it that's the core and you plug in the multi-turn Q&A maker into it, which, um, I think today or tomorrow we're going to launch the version of it that supports multi-turn Q&A maker, by the way. Cool. Um, that, that would give you the ability to also dispatch to custom conversations. So you could say, hey, okay, it wasn't something in this knowledge base, but I want to build something more complex to the side, but it's still one bot right? It's still one thing I'm talking to. So that's a concept of dispatching. It's almost like routing the conversation based upon what makes sense. And then once you get into the multi, into the Q and a maker, um, you'd be able to ask the questions, but by going through this, we've already put in the telemetry stuff. So that in application insights, you've got all the telemetry of what's being said to the bot. So you could go and look and say, Hey, people are asking these questions and I'm saying, I don't know. So maybe I should add that to my knowledge base mm -hmm. to answer that question. So you don't even have to get as complex as hand it off to a live person because you don't want to do that through live person for that particular scenario. But building something like that is like not hard. Mm -hmm. uh, it's actually pretty simple and we've already given all the wiring for it. Okay. Uh, I, well, last time we talked about this last time you were on and I went out there and dug through Q&A and actually loaded stuff we had information about, threw it in there and began testing it. And then I never came, like I tested it on a Saturday with the kids in my high school internship program. I never came back to it. And you, you just, this is a great reminder to me. It's like, I need to go back in and check that out. And because so that's a perfect example of like, I can't, there's a lot of things, Mike, you know, in the crypto space, there's a lot of things I can't remember. I'm working with so many different things now. There's a lot of things I can't remember. I'd almost love my own where it learned with me. And then I could go back and ask it questions later. Like, where the heck did I put that thing? <laughs> like, or uh, what, yeah. you know, and, and have it learn with me as I go and yeah. kind of create a backup brain basically for me. Kind of cool. <laughs> I want to just make Jim Carlson. So, so and then Jim, talk like me and then I wouldn't have to ever talk to anybody again. That would not, that'd be terrible actually. Yeah, be horrible. <laughs> yeah. So what I would say is, you know, start small, yeah. work your way yeah, bigger, yeah. but yeah, yeah. the, um, I need to go back. I need to go back and try it with the multi-turn stuff. I think it'll go further than you could have ever went before. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then 
the fact that we kind of put it where it's way easier to do um, as far as making it go live. Like we redid some documentation, like massively redid our documentation with tutorial step-by-steps and stuff. Um, so I think those type of things are, are kind of what I would recommend. Not to mention some of the things that we also did, which you guys will get a good kick out of. If you want to have fun, Go just deploy a virtual assistant. It will automatically deploy an FAQ and a uh, personality um, uh, Q&A maker. Go, to, go download. We have like a little file that you can download, which is basically the training to make your assistant have different types of personalities. And all you do is just go to Q&A maker to the settings page and just add this file. And all of a sudden, now your bot has a personality. Like it has it, and it's crazy what you can ask it. It's like really? over six thousand things trained in. Like sing a song, you know. Are you a boy or a girl? Will you marry me? I mean, like any of the stuff that you think that you would do in a chit chat space. And and we're gonna go uh, in the future. We're really headed toward a place where that's even gonna get way more complex and more awesome, just right out of the box. So these things are just. I would almost tell you, think of it like what we're doing is building it where it's modular. So you yeah. make it what you want, and then you have the tools to go make your own gap fills. Right. And if you want, you can edit our source code, or you can even contribute back. Yeah, I, I'm not even sure I want an assistant for the for anybody else to deal with. I want something to help me remember. I mean, I'm dealing with so much information now, and I almost want to create my own FAQ site where I could just go and ask it questions so like when I'm working on a project, I'm when I'm done, I dump the project into this and say, mm-hmm. okay, here's all the things, here's all the things I want you to remember. Cause you know, you've written stuff that you go back to six months later and you're like, who wrote this? And what, you know, you don't, you don't even recognize your own stuff. It, it may be helpful for me to train something as I go. And in other words, use Q and a yeah. to train something. And then I just keep asking it questions when I, when I'm unaware yeah, well, it, and and the cool thing is, if you take the productivity skills that are out there for like calendar, email, and to do, you can add those in. So you can say something to it like, "Remind me to go buy fifty-four cases of beer tomorrow." You know, and it'll it'll put it into your Microsoft to do. I mean, it, it'll like figure that yeah. out. And uh, I think I can't remember if we uh, have it in our future branch or if it's if it's in the uh, current master branch, but. Um, at one point we were playing with understanding that you set a food item and put it on your grocery list. Like remind me to get eggs. Uh, we'll put that on the grocery list because that's a food item. So, um, so stuff like that, um, you know, it's not that you can't do that with a commodity assistant, but imagine now this is the gem assistant, right? Mm -hmm. You Mm -hmm. can, it it can do what you want. You have full control of all the data and and everything. And it just becomes fun. I mean, it, it really can be fun. Um, the most fun I think was had by one of our devs. He's a good friend of mine. Um, we were testing sentiment analysis and determining when someone was upset. So he got to spend a week cussing at, at it. And, and he said that was the most fun he's had in his job in quite some time. So I was like, Hey, yeah, your job is to cuss at it. And he was multilingual. So he could, he could throw some Spanish at it and, and get re- it sounded much more vulgar in Spanish, like, though. Like a stress ball. It's like, like a stress assistant. <laughs> and a combo of kind of like the voice font with uh, an enterprise and a implementation. You mentioned the gym. I'm thinking of a device on every single uh, rack of equipment at a gym. I walk up to it and say, hey, what did I, what did I bench last week? 
and it tells yeah. me, right? Because it knows that voice is Mike. Mike's yeah. asking what I did last week, and I told it last week, hey, I just finished a set at you know, 275 or whatever, and then it just right. remembers that. What's and my next set? Like, What's what? my next set? Yeah, yeah, like, well, you know, but all that stuff, because that's the biggest thing is everyone at the gym is like, what was I lifting last week? Because I can't no, I see these guys carrying around week. papers, you know, yeah, and ooh, like checking stuff on. Peloton. That's, that's what I did. Right? <laughs> that's yeah. what I was doing with the paper and You're, having a device there could be, make it so simple. Right yeah, no, yeah. it's, it, it's cool. It, yeah, no, that's what I'm saying is things like that. Think about it. That's a very specific thing. Yeah. I would only be talking to you about this. Why the heck would you put lady a there? Right. It makes no, no. sense. Right. Right. Or if, if she's there, you're going to talk to her about playing music or uh, setting a set a timer or something, uh, something like that, because that's what you talk to a commodity about. But yeah. it, when you're talking about specifically you, where you want to say, uh, I don't know, like, hey, Nordic track, right? Um, up the speed to or, or change the degrees to 60 percent and and give me an update and record my heart rate change. Right. Or something like that. Like that's very specific to that type of experience. So who's arming that? Well, right now, I think we're one of the few in the game that can, that are actually playing this. And, and interestingly enough, we are not competing in places like music or like in all these different things. So we don't have our own agenda in a sense. And and in some ways, it's kind of good that Microsoft got out of that stuff because it opens markets that we don't, where we can enable yeah. other people and not have to appear to have a world. conflict of interest too. Yeah, yeah. right. And yeah, so it makes us no. natural plays and stuff like that, you know. So, but no. uh, super but, interesting, Dwayne. Uh, super interesting. I know you're surprised. <laughs> like this, we we had this at the end of the show notes. <laughs> And you were kind of like, I want to talk about this at the end of the show. I don't know, Mike. I have found this terribly interesting. I, uh, same. Yeah. No, I, I, I think this is super interesting. Um, Dwayne, let's just say this. We got about five minutes, maybe yep. maybe a little bit more. Okay. And I'm, I'm traveling to London. And you've been doing, in two weeks, and you've been doing a ton of travel. I mentioned in the beginning of the show, Jim Shoemaker wrote a, in response to my London travel, he sent me, hey, he's like, hey, here's the things I've learned. And we turned that into a blog post. Dwayne, in your travel, like if you could give me two things, like I'm going to Europe and you're going to give me two pieces of advice from a, from a gadget standpoint of like, what can I not get wrong on this trip? What do I need to think about? What are, are those one, two or three pieces of advice that you'd give me? Okay. So I have to ask a couple qualifying questions. Yeah. Is this business? Are you a, wait a minute. Are you a digital assistant? Are you real? Or is this, have I, have I reached a bot that you just I, made? <laughs> I, I, this is a real Dwayne. Oh, okay. Because um, you could fake it. This could, yeah, you could have just I, I switched could be, over to the bot. Yes. This is a, <laughs> yes. So surprise everyone. This is the I'm actually an avatar. And, uh, <laughs> oh, that would be weird. Okay. Hey, the so, bot wouldn't be under NDA, but he is. So we could get all the good information. If he dumped all of his information to the bot and the bot told us, you know. Yeah. We could yeah, get all the right on. Scoop. I like it. I like so it. so right, my so question is. Qualifying. Is your trip business or personal? 100% business. 100% business. Okay. So from a business perspective, you're you're going to be going, okay, are you, and how are you flying? Are you flying business yeah. class? Or are you oh, no. I'm flying? Coach. I'm coach, coach all the way. Okay. okay. I'm coach. So, so there's a couple of things you're going to need. Uh, one of the things that I, I feel like you – 
have to get down is thinking about that you're going to be on on a plane and you need to have for me the thing i learned the hard way was and the reason i had put that rav power device in there mm-hmm. which was my my power brick here that i was going to tell people to go get yeah. um you still can it, it's not just about having a power brick okay cuz if you take this one which is a 30,000 milliamp power brick and you take that and you go to china <laughs> coming back is going to be fun really because <laughs> it exceeds what china will allow they oh, only allow okay. 26,500 uh which is why the 26400 is a, a popular size so the the thing about this is the fact that it is USB-C and it's USB-A, uh, right? So the thing, but it charges fast. It charges fast and it can charge fast. So it's 10,000 milliamps, but, and I paid $26.99 for this thing. But the thing is, is that I, what you're looking for is topping up. Like you're going to need that because that's a long trip jump. So what's going to happen is you're going to have some devices that need to be topped up and you don't have a lot of time because you you need to be able to like top it up and go because you're going to be in the airport and you need to get on the plane. And so I would highly recommend that you have a smaller US, like one of these type of battery packs, 10,000 milliamps is I think the sweet spot um, because you can charge up your iPad, you can run a laptop off of this thing, depending on what kind of laptop you got or charge up your laptop. And even if it's like a trickle component, uh, and then the good thing about it is if it goes completely dead, completely dead, you can charge it back fast. Cause if you go and look at the charge times on the, like this massive brick, it's huge. It's incredibly long, but this one, three hours and 16 minutes, it goes from zero to a hundred. So from z- like zero to 80% is going to be a lot faster if you know much about battery impedance and things like that. And I've had to learn a lot with the Tesla. So I would say that's my most important thing to be in your bag is a good uh, 10,000 milliamp mm-hmm. battery pack. I just, it, while you're searching for the next thing, I just got a new laptop issued to me, USB-C for power and docking station, which is super great. It, it, and so, um, but that reminded me like, Ooh, I have some smaller, like I've never had the capability in a laptop to, to do it that way. And now I'm thinking, Ooh, I have some smaller chargers. I better, I better yep. see what I can and can't do with that thing kind of based on the, on the batteries that I have. N- number two, most important thing on travel. Yep. yep. Headphones. Headphones. And, and uh, tell us what you're showing there. This is Bose Quiet Comfort 35s. Mm-hmm. Um, these are for these have 21 hours of battery life. Um, if you're going to be on an international plane and you don't want to talk to people about their mail merges, um, yeah, the most wonderful thing. I never wear a Microsoft shirt on a plane. <laughs> never. Yes, I've had someone tell me that. The second thing, when it comes to headphones, these are the ones that are my favorite right now, which are the Jabra Elite Active 65Ts. Are those really um, good? I've heard I've heard good things about them, but I've never talked to someone who actually has them. 
Yeah, so I, now they just released a 75T, and I don't, I can't speak to that one, but it looks like the 75Ts are going to take this to another level. But if you are like me, Jim, I have to take conference calls, and I have to, and, and I might switch to an, from an iPhone to an Android phone, or I might want to pair up with a, with a Surface or something. These are good because they work as, as, um, like a wireless headset very well for conference calls and stuff. They make a, they're not noise canceling and they're noise isolating, but they are so good in the noise isolation that normally the lady has to get tap me on the shoulder to tell me that it's time for me to get a drink. And, and so I would say that that's good. And the thing is, is I feel like you need both of these because this is also sleepable. Mm. Oh, you can yeah. over the air oh. headphones. You cannot sleep on a plane with those, You're but right. these you can. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I keep them both in my bag. I will use these a ton, like walking around the airport, getting on short flights. The big earphones come with me if I'm going international because I need the, the time and they sound better. I mean, and they're also uh, take more noise out because they're noise canceling. Um, the new Bose ones that have like, it looks like a cylinder down the side versus minor flat on the side. So when you hold them to the side like this, you'll see these are flat. There's one that has like a cylinder that comes down. My boss has those and he was taking a conference call on the show floor at night and nobody could hear anyone but him and he couldn't hear me talking to him while, like Five, less than two feet away from him. Mm. So, what's the what's the brand on those? What's the model? The, of the brand? That's the Bo, the new Bose ones. That it's like you'll see them. They're, they're over the ears and they have like a cylinder down the side. Yeah. Those those are really good. My like I said, my boss has those. The Quiet Comforts are the ones I have uh, because those didn't exist when I bought mine. But you won't have to buy another set of headphones over the ears after you get a set of Bose. It's like the only reason you get rid of them is because something compelling happens uh, on, on another one. Uh, but these, like I said, these, these weren't expensive, by the way. These uh, Jabros, I think right now they're $189 for the active ones, and the active ones are sweat-resistant and stuff. Um, I went ahead and got those, but the 65Ts are even cheaper, and you can get them. And the beauty is the app works for both Android and for iOS, and it has the hear through and all that stuff. And and my biggest complaint with, I know everybody will say like the uh, AirPod Pros are better. They are better. No question, they're better. But not if you have to use an Android device or a uh, Windows device occasionally because they don't support all the features don't get supported. And it's a, it's a pain in the butt. I just wish Apple would get over themselves on this and, and sell the things and get, give you the support you need. So I again, that's that's most important thing. And then the, I will give you a bonus thing. And the bonus thing is you need to be very selective in what you need on this trip. And and when I say that, I you know I won't go into the details of the Pro X situation because I we were going to talk about a Surface Pro X, so we'll come back and talk yeah, about that. I'll, be ba- I'll have you back on here in a couple weeks, but. The, the reality is, it is very important for you to think about what you really need on the trip. Like, 
having to break your back carrying massive amounts of compute and things with you. Do you just need Netflix? You know, it's a business trip. Do you just need Outlook and Netflix? Do you really need everything? Like I, I carry an iPad Pro and I have a Surface, the Surface Pro X, and I have 15 different laptops, right? But the reality is before I go on a trip, I actually start thinking about what am I going to do there? What is the purpose of the trip? And how light can I go? Mm-hmm. Because, and, and I'm finding that this whole concept for me because I'm a bit of a road warrior, I will pay the money to have a machine that just sits in my laptop bag or I'll have like, I actually have varying scales of weight and power depending on what I need to do. If I'm going to do excessive amounts of typing, then I'll go one direction. If I'm going to, if I need to like compile code or do something major with a, you know, with video editing or run a massive emulator, or maybe I need to bring the Mac because it has a specific emulator I need to run on it. it. I don't duplicate what I bring when it comes to laptop. I just bring what I need. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if I, if it need extensive entertainment, I'll bring an iPad. Yeah. Um, but I don't, I'm not a fan of the concept that the iPad can be a PC. Hmm. It yeah. is a consumption device as it sits, and it's a great device if you're going on. Uh, if you've got the LTE one, go get yourself those Jabra Evolve 75s. Do you know? You guys know what I'm mm-hmm. talking about? Mm-hmm. You get a yeah. set of Jabra Evolve 75s and a iPad Pro with LTE, and throw Teams on it, and you have a mobile go anywhere, do Teams. And you still got your other little computer sitting to the side where you can do your work or whatever. And that thing just does teams. And it is amazing when mm-hmm. you do it that way. Mm-hmm. But you got to think that's what it's for. Yeah. So so what yeah. I would, my point on that is just think about what you need so your bag doesn't get too big. Yeah. And also think about the charger that has to go with it to make sure that you can maybe maximize your chargers. Like when you go to, there's a, I would recommend you go on to Amazon and get yourself a power strip looking thing that probably has a couple of USB, it like has USBs up and down it. And then it also has a few power outlets on it. You probably got one that you're going to show me. Yeah, I did. I already bought one. So we've got, it's yep. got, it's, it's ready to go for, for the UK. And then it's got three plugs and two USB, 16 bucks yep. on Amazon. And, and um, yeah, I think I'm, I think I'm ready to go. I can do just about everything That's, that I need. That's going to be perfect because you'll need that to do it. And then make sure that you, well, you're not going to Europe. If you go to Europe um, on your laptop, just go get one of those really cheap 30 cent, like little clip on things that clips and converts it because your power adapter is going to do the conversion. Great. Um, But, but those are the things, I mean, those are the key things is make sure you can think about power, make sure you've got what you need, make sure you can do it fast and on the fly. And then, uh, and see some of the beauty of something like this is that when you throw them back in, they charge, right? So you don't necessarily have to charge this back up. If I could get my whole world to USB-C, then that would be a beautiful day. Um, but if I'm going to go, like I'm going to go on vacation while you're going, I'm going to go down to Orlando. Nice. Kids don't know. And, um, <laughs> and I'm going to bring the behemoth. Because I want to play games. Sure. 
Well, you can't. Uh, right. At that point. <laughs> you don't have to worry about the the piece there. Mike, we lost a little bit of your bandwidth for some reason. I'm not oh, sure really? why. Yeah, you just got really blurry. Yeah. Um Dwayne, thanks. Well, I'm gonna no behind the scenes here, we'll get you scheduled. Like we had a whole bunch of things we wanted to talk about and we got wrapped up in the bot framework and uh it was super cool. We'll come back around, have you back on here okay. in December, January sometime and cover those things a couple reminders for everyone next week uh in the united states is thanksgiving mike is out hunting uh my daughter samantha will be guest appearing on the show on friday night so no thursday night it's thanksgiving take the night off we won't do that friday night uh her and i and i somehow have to turn that podcast around i leave at one on saturday i need to turn that podcast around and um uh, get on a plane. We'll probably go earlier to watch Twitter at Jay Collison for show announcements of the live show on Friday going forward. Uh, a couple of reminders then after that, um, of course, I will be in London the week, so we're canceled the week of the 5th. Aaron Lawrence is back uh, on the 12th, and Joel from Life uh, from Live Door is coming in on the 19th. So we have a whole bunch of stuff coming up and schedule. We'll get Dwayne back in there as well. Paul Brairn is joining us. And so we've got, and I even got Jay Madison uh, lined back up again. Mike talking some hardware. Jay will be back. So we're, we're excited about that as well. Just a couple of reminders before we go. Don't forget, if you want to support us on Patreon, you can do that as well. TheAverageGuy.tv slash Patreon. Got plans out there available for if you want to do it. Even if you want to sponsor the show, I now have a, sponsor the show for a month plan if you want to go out and do that maybe you got some crazy idea you want us to talk about you you can go out to patreon and check our sponsor the show plan that's out there i don't ever expect anybody to actually take me up on it but if you one day i would just mess around on patreon i'm like why not i'll just give it a try so if you want to get that done uh you can head out to patreon and get that done um as well don't forget the the whole network the whole average guy.tv network powered by Maple Grove Partners gets secure, reliable, high speed hosting from people that you know and you trust. WordPress optimized, and I think nobody does it better than Christian. No offense, Azure. And that in that case, plans start as little as $10. MapleGrovePartners.com is the way to go and the place to find it. If and then don't forget to don't download the app that's available for you, homegadgetgeeks.com. We are live every Thursday, 8 p.m. Central, 9 Eastern, out here at the average guy. I said every Thursday, but you know, you know what I mean? It's during the holidays. It gets a little sketchy. So just kind of keep up. Uh, we'll be back. Uh, I'll be back next Friday with my daughter and she's super excited. She's calling herself a professional podcast guest. That's what she's, she's, oh. she besides mine. So she was on a while ago. She did really well when she was on Mike. Don't, don't you think Sammy was I pretty she good? Was fantastic. Yeah. She did a really good job. Yeah, I'm she's sad in I'm a, actually missing her next week. I wish it was the week after. She's, she was a little disappointed that we'll have to have her on when you're back. Cause, yeah. cause she was a little disappointed. You wouldn't be here as well, but, um, she's been on two other podcasts at the school and she's like, that means I'm a professional podcast guest. And uh, she put it, she put it on Twitter. I'm like, okay, sounds good. She's actually really good, so she'll be here um, next Friday. And uh, with that, we'll say good night, everybody.